Let me say this, I know most of them aren't even in here tonight, and so I'll mention it again Sunday, but very thankful for all those who filled in while we were away, and just, um, boy, we were able to, because we were on Eastern time, we were able to go to church on Sunday, and then after the service, able to watch services here, and so everybody did a wonderful job, I tell you, I, uh, y'all don't need me, I tell you what, man. That was uh, tremendous. All five of them did an absolute wonderful job and uh, just so thankful for men who can fill in and not just fill in, but uh, did just a wonderful job. I'm very grateful for that. And everyone else. I'm glad to be home, though. I, um, <laughs> I like seeing family, but... Uh, I like being home. Um, you know, when you push and you push and you push and you push and you take a few days off, you know what happens every time? You get sick. So you just shouldn't take time off. I told my wife, I told her, I said, I am not ever, ever, ever again taking time off. Ever. Acts chapter number 17. But we did have a great time, and, but we we're very thankful to be home. No bed sleeps like your home or your bed at home, does it? doesn't matter how wonderful it is, it just doesn't. Acts chapter number 17, we're going to read verses 10 through 14 tonight. Now I want us to think about our theme again tonight, Hands to the Plow from Luke 9, 62. And the passage before us tonight confronts us really with what I personally believe is one of the great shortcomings of the modern-day Christian. I really believe all of us. It's one of the great shortcomings. And we do it, but I don't think we do it the way we should. I don't think we do it as much as we should. Uh, I believe personally that many, many Christians, American Christians, let me say it that way, 21st century American Christians, have taken their hands off the plow when it comes to Bible study, when it comes to searching and reading and knowing what the Bible says. Um, we are, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a statement of condemnation tonight. I'm, I'm trying to make a statement of consideration because I, I think about individuals in the past. I, I think about men who have authored commentaries on the whole of the Bible. Now, we, we, might not, we may not agree with everything that's in that commentary, but I think about the hours that were spent to be able to author a commentary on the entirety of the Bible. And you think to yourself, how did they do that? You know, they did it because they were not pulled and drawn away by so many of the temporal things that we are pulled and drawn away from in the year 2023, and especially in America. Because we have the... the the adversary has taken things that are good and he's used them to pull us away from God's Word. He's used them to, to take up our time and take us away from the Word of God. And the truth is, many, many times we're just intellectually lazy when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, I, I teach, I've had the opportunity this semester to teach an online class on Tuesday nights on just the subject, subject of the methods of Bible study the methods of Bible study. And as we've gone through this class and uh, with, with the students, I've been personally convicted about the matter of Bible study. 
I mean, we, we can know the methods and we can know how we, we should do it and how we can do it. But the truth is this, we just have to do it. We just have to study the Word of God. And we come to a group of people in Acts chapter number 17 in verses 10 through 14 who, I tell you what, they, they give us such an example. They are such an, an illustration and an example to us. Now, I know it was 2,000 years ago, but they are an example to us in the year 2023 uh, of how we ought to be diligent about this matter of study. And by the way, let me say this. I, I use the phrase intellectually lazy. That has filtered into every area of our lives. Do, do you know how politicians dupe so many Americans today? It's because we're intellectually lazy. We, we take everything at face value and we don't research things on our own. You know, the news media tells us something and we're just like, oh, they're honest. No, they have an agenda just like everyone else does. And we just take everything at face value instead of saying, okay, is that true? Is that right? And by the way, let me, let me say this, and we'll read the, these five verses here in just a moment. But if we're teaching truth and preaching truth, we, not, we should not be scared of someone scrutinizing what we teach. We shouldn't be scared of that. If we are teaching truth, we should be okay with someone scrutinizing what we teach. By the way, that's what these people are doing here. Let's look at the verses. Acts chapter 17 beginning in verse number 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea. Now, they, they've, they've left Thessalonica. And boy, I tell you what, if you study out this whole of, cha- or excuse me, of, of Acts chapter number 17, and we're skipping it, but if you study, and we did this a couple of years ago when we went through 1 Thessalonians, but if you study the Thessalonican church, this was a church that went through great persecution. And the Apostle Paul, in that book of 1 Thessalonians, he praises them for how they, they, they received the Word even through great affliction. The persecution and the affliction did, did not move them away from receiving the truths of God's Word. Even to the point he, he was praising them in that they had spread forth the gospel in Macedonia and Achaia. But they were going through great affliction. And because of that, the Apostle Paul was sent from Thessalonica... And in verse number 10, the Bible says that he came to Berea, who, coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews. These, speaking of those in Thessalonica, were more noble than those, or excuse me, in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed. Also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached to Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. Here's the truth tonight. People who don't want to hear the word of God don't want you to hear the word of God either. They're not just satisfied that they don't want to hear the Word of God. The people in Thessalonica who had stirred up all the trouble to begin with, who were persecuting and bringing affliction on those believers there in Thessalonica, they heard, word came that Paul was preaching in Berea and they didn't like that. They weren't satisfied. Hey, we got rid of Paul. He left Thessalonica. But no, they heard that he's preaching in Berea and what did they do? We're going to go stir up trouble in Berea. And the Bible says that they came through there also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus 
abode there still. And so tonight, I, I just want to give us some encouragement from the Bereans and what they did and what they exampled to us regarding this matter of being students of the Word. If you're taking notes tonight, that's the title of our message, Students of the Word. Students of the Word. We can be students of a lot of things, and that's okay. Uh, There are individuals in here tonight who are nurses. There are individuals in here tonight who are good at IT. There are individuals in here tonight who are good at a lot of different things and a lot of different occupations, if we could use that word. But as Christians tonight, the area of our lives in which we should be the greatest students is when it comes to the Word of God. Because it always, it always, it always comes back to the Word of God. For the Christian, it always comes back to the Word of God. I was reading today in Hosea chapter number 4. Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 1, God tells Israel, He says, I have a controversy with you. It's almost as if Hosea chapter 4, God puts the nation of Israel on trial. They're in a courtroom and He says, I have a controversy against you. And the controversy was, was very simple. I say it was simple. It was devastating. But He said, I have a controversy because there is no truth, no mercy, and no knowledge of God in the land. Can you imagine that? In the nation of Israel, God's earthly national chosen people. And he said, I have a controversy with you because there's no truth, there's no mercy, and there's no knowledge of me, of God, the Bible says there, in the land. And then in verse number 6, it says it, and you probably know this verse, Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed for what? For lack of knowledge. Now let me ask you this tonight, was it because they had no access to knowledge? No, they, they had it. They were the people to whom had been given and had been entrusted the oracles of God. It wasn't that they didn't have access to knowledge. It's not that we, as God's children tonight, don't have access to knowledge. How many of you have more than one of these in your possession? We all do. I have a Bible that I read out of in the morning. I have a Bible that I preach out of. I have a Bible that I do funerals and weddings out of. And it's different than the other two. I have a little soul winner's New Testament that I take with me on Saturdays. Or or I keep it in the car right there in in the little center console when we're out and about. We have lots of access to the knowledge of God. It wasn't that the nation of Israel did not have access. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And in that verse, he says that the nation of Israel had forsaken and forgotten. They had rejected, is the word he uses, they had rejected the law of God. They had rejected the law of God. And they had forgotten the law of God. Here's the thing. When we, when we reject it... it And by the way, even when we don't mean to, do you understand what I mean by that? Sometimes we get busy, don't we? And sometimes it just kind of sits on the table or on our nightstand. It kind of sits there sometimes, doesn't it? And we get busy. It's there. 
It's on our nightstand because that's where we're going to pick it up and that's where we're going to read it. Or, or maybe it's on a, a side table by a chair that we, we sit in when we read and study. It's there, but we get busy. And we forget about it. And you know what happens when we forget about it? We start to forsake it. Not because we want to. Not because we started out with the intention of doing that. I don't believe the nation of Israel, when they started out, they set out with the intention, I ain't going to listen to any of that. I don't believe that was the case at all. But the Bible says there in Hosea chapter number 4, that when they became increased, and they began to prosper, and they were filled, they forgot about this. And then when they forgot about it, they, they began to forsake it. And when they began to forsake it, they began to be drawn away to a love that was absolutely forbidden to them. A love of false idols. A love of other gods. The study of this book is absolutely vital. It is, isn't it amazing that God saw fit to give us a divine book, His book, His words, His very words so that we can know how to live in this life. By the way, not so that we could just know how to live, but we can know how to thrive. And we can know how to flourish. And we can live the abundant Christian life, right? We use that phrase a lot. I use that phrase a lot because that's what God desires for us. And He gave us a book, but we have to know it. And we have to study it. So let me, let me give you three... Actually, I'm going to give you four things tonight from these five verses. How the Bereans example to us how to be students of the Word. And I pray that we would be tonight. It always, it always, it always, it always, it always comes back to the Word. It always comes back to the Word. If you see a family who is flourishing, if you see another family in the church that's flourishing, why is that? It's because of the Word. Now, I'm not saying that there's no problems there, that there's no troubles or tribulations. Matthew chapter 7, you have the wise man and the foolish man. Why was the wise man wise? Because he built his house upon the rock. Because he listened. Now, Matthew chapter 7, Christ is finishing up the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, why was the wise man wise? Because he built his house upon the rock. He built his house upon the truth of the Word of God. He built his house upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Why was the foolish man a foolish man? Because he built his house upon the sand. Because he rejected the truth of God's Word. And as Christ finishes up that Sermon on the Mount, he said, look, those that hear and do what I have told you, I will liken you as unto the wise man. But those who do not listen and do not hearken and do absolutely opposite of what I've just preached, he said, I'm going to liken you to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And I said all that to say this, both, wise and foolish, both went through the storms. Both. But one lasted, one weathered the storms, and one house was wrecked in the storms. What was the difference? It's the Word. You see a family flourishing. There's peace in the home. There's harmony in the home. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they don't go through storms. Because they do go through storms. But they're flourishing. Why? It's because of the Word. You see a family who is 
floundering. There's no peace. There's no harmony in the home. There's no peace. There's no harmony in their marriage. There's no peace, no harmony with their children. Why is that? It's the Word. And by the way, it's not the Word's fault. It's because they have neglected the Word. They've heard it, but they've neglected it. It always comes back to the Word of God. So let's pray. Let me give you these quickly tonight. I've given you a long introduction, but let's pray and we'll get right into these. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to just open your Word. Lord, help us. Lord, I'm speaking to a group of individuals who have most likely worked all day. They're tired. Some of them are probably hungry, but they've seen the need to be in your house tonight. And Father, I pray that you bless them for it. But Lord, I pray for all of us tonight, whether it be a person who is really striving to be a good student of the Word, or whether it be a person who has been kind of lacking in that area in recent days. Father, would you please remind all of us of the great necessity of being a student of the Word. Father, it's absolutely vital. It's it's absolutely vital for us as individuals, but it's vital for the next generation and the next generation. Everything's always generational, Lord, and your Word is vital. Help us to be reminded of that tonight. Help our children, help our teenagers tonight. Father, we'll surely thank you for what you'll do in these next few moments. We commit them to you, and we ask that you would bless and that you would get the glory out of anything and everything that's done tonight. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me give you number one tonight. And we find all these right in the verses. In verse number 11, we see, first of all, the bru- so I'm going to give you a, really three characteristics. And then the last one is also a characteristic, but it's just a little bit different. But number one, the Bereans readily received God's Word. The Bereans readily received God's Word. They received it with nobleness and they received it with mindfulness. They readily received God's Word. That word noble carries the idea of well-born or high-born. And some believe that these individuals may have been high-class Jews, but I, I don't necessarily buy into that because of what we find in the verse. I believe they were called noble simply because of how they received the Word. Look what the Bible says there in verse 11. Now in verse 10 it tells us Paul has come from Thessalonica. He's come to Berea because they, the people wanted him to leave Thessalonica because of the persecution. He's come to Berea. And verse 11, he says, These, and he's speaking of the Bereans, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Now, by the way, did the people in Thessalonica receive the word? Absolutely they did. Read 1 Thessalonians. By the way, just read chapter 1. And you'll see how they received it with joy, even in the midst of affliction. But the Bible says here, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And notice what it says, in that. This is how, this is why they were more noble. In that, they received the word with all readiness of mind. So the Bereans readily received God's Word. They received it with nobleness and they received it with mindfulness. And I use that phrase because the Bible uses the word mind in verse number 11. But here's here's the, the, if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. They were intellectually honest. They didn't let their preconceived notions determine what they believed about the Word. If the Word said it, they believed it. Does that make sense? Look, we, we all have opinions and thoughts and ideas that have come by way of maybe how we were raised or just who we are, we can't let those get in the way of being truthful with the Word of God. 
We've got to take the Bible for what it says. And the Bible says that they received it with all readiness of mind. They were intellectually honest. They received it with nobleness. They received it with mindfulness. By the way, consider, just by way of example, consider how some people view politics today. And I know we've already mentioned politics, but consider how some people view politics today. Their candidate is never wrong. That ain't true. They're all wrong at some point. And many of them are wrong most of the time. Yeah, amen and amen. But, but hey, I have an R on my voter's card, so my guy's never wrong. Or I have a D on my voter's card, voter registration card, and my guy's never wrong. Okay, what we ought to do is we ought to line them up with the Word of God and say, okay, where are they right? Where are they wrong? Can I vote for this guy? Intellectually honest. And so number one tonight, the Bereans readily received God's Word. So when we study the Word, that's how we ought to receive it. We ought to receive it readily as the Word of God. Again, I know I keep mentioning the Thessalonians, but if you read 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 2, one of the, the great praises of the believers in Thessalonica was that they received the Word as it was the very Word of God. They knew it was God's Word. It wasn't some man's Word. It wasn't Paul's Word. It was the very Word of God. And so they received it. And so look, when we study the Word of God and, and, and when we get alone with the Word of God and we're searching the Scriptures, we must receive it as God's Word. We must not come in and say, well, you know, that doesn't apply to me. I'm an American and, 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 or, or whatever we want to put in there. That doesn't apply to me. No, it all applies to me. And so number one, the Bereans readily received God's Word. Number two, the Bereans steadfastly searched God's Word. They readily received God's Word. Number two, the Bereans steadfastly searched God's Word. Again, verse number 11, it says, And searched the Scriptures daily, whether, excuse me, whether those things were so. The Bereans steadfastly searched God's Word. They searched it daily, and they searched it determinedly. You notice what it said there? It said that they searched the Scriptures daily. What were they trying to find out? If these things are so. And I believe specifically the things that they're talking about there is, is this Jesus really the Messiah? These are Jews, primarily. He's going into the synagogue to teach. These are primarily Jews. And when it says that they're searching to see if these things really are so, I believe they're searching to say, hey, is this Jesus really the Messiah? Because I'm a Jew and I don't know. And the Bible says they searched daily whether these things were so. Hey, hey, Paul, what you're preaching and what you're teaching, okay, we're going to go search the Scriptures. And we're going to see if it's so. Now, I want you to think about this. What scriptures are they searching? Because they didn't have Paul's writings yet. They had Paul. 
They didn't have the epistles yet. They did have the teaching of Christ and they had the Old Testament. You know what they're probably studying? The law, the prophets, the Psalms, and what they had heard Christ preach, if they had heard Christ preach. I know a pastor, he has an individual in his church who is constantly on him that he should never preach anything other than the epistles. I told him, I said, I would kill that man if he was in my church. Because he would drive me nuts. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration, but again... They're searching the Scriptures daily and they didn't even have the epistles yet. So, it doesn't just have to be the epistles that teach us that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ came to die and to shed His blood and He was going to do that. The prophets talked about that. The Psalms spoke about that. The law spoke about that. Well, we don't, we don't study the Old Testament. We, we, we've unhinged uh, ourselves. Uh, we've unhitched ourselves from the Old Testament, it's just the New Testament, then you're, you're not obedient to the Word. Because the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable, every single bit of it. And they're searching the Scriptures daily. They search daily. The Bible says in Psalm 19.10, More to be desired are they than what? Gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey. How many, how, many of you, how many of you don't like honey? Any of you don't like honey? Ah, I got one over here. My wife made biscuits last night with eggs and hog jowl or hog jowl, however you say it. And I put honey on that biscuit. That's good. That's good. Breakfast for supper is always good. Breakfast any time of the day is always good, isn't it? Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. They searched it daily. More to be desired, the Bible says, are they than gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. They searched it not only daily, but they searched it determinedly. Because the Bible says they wanted to know if those things were, were so. I, I mentioned it just a moment ago. If we are teaching, if we are preaching truth, it will withstand the test of scrutiny. Because truth always does. By the way, real quickly, take, take your Bibles and go back just a little bit if you would. Go, go back to Luke chapter number 24. I want to show you just a couple of passage quick, passages quickly, excuse me, quickly as we're thinking about what scriptures did they search? It wasn't the epistles. Look at Luke chapter number 24 if you would. And look at verse number 27. The Bible says in Luke 24 verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning who? Himself. So we said they were probably searching the law and the prophets and the Psalms and what Christ preached. But here's the truth. You know what Christ preached? From Moses through the prophets 
That's what he preached. That's what he had. Now, we know Jesus is the Word. The Bible tells us that in John 1. He could have preached anything he wanted to. But the Bible says here he began at Moses and all the prophets and he expounded unto them the things concerning himself. Look at verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Look at one more verse. John chapter number 5. John chapter number 5. One preacher said, he said, I don't preach in the Old Testament. He said, because, you know, I don't, I don't want to wait. I don't want to preach for two years without people hearing about Jesus. I'm thinking, man, what are they paying you for? You don't know your Bible. Because you find Genesis on every page of the Scriptures. Or excuse me, Jesus. You find Jesus from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You don't know your Bible. I'm not going to preach the Old Testament because I don't want my people not to be able to hear about Jesus for two years. If you preach Genesis, they ought to hear about Jesus. If you preach in Genesis 3 when it speaks about uh, when Adam and Eve sinned and there was going to be, there had to be a sacrifice, right there he's speaking about Jesus. In John chapter number 5 and verse number 39, Christ says, Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which do what? Which testify of me. The Bereans readily received God's word. The Bereans steadfastly searched God's word. And number three, the Bereans boldly believed God's word. Look at verse number 12 back in Acts 17. The Bereans boldly believed God's word. By the way, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. The more I search and the more I study, the more my faith is going to be increased. The more I readily receive, the more I search it. And I'm trying. And look, there, let me say this. There are hard passages in the Bible. There are. And when we get to those, you know what we have to do? We have to study. Just like we do with what we think are the easy passages. You have to study. We're getting ready in Hebrews chapter 12 to come upon a somewhat hard passage in Hebrews 12. You know what we have to do? We have to study it. We have to compare with Scripture with Scripture. What does the Bible say? What does this mean? Because sometimes they are hard. It requires study. It requires us to be students of the Word. The Bereans boldly believed God's Word. Verse number 12, Therefore many of them, speaking of the Bereans, did what? They believed. They believed. Also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. It wasn't just Jews, but there were Greeks, there were Gentiles who believed. There were many men who believed. The Bible says, and of men, not a few. There were many men who believed. The Bereans boldly believed God's Word. They readily received it. They steadfastly searched it. And they boldly believed it. In spite of opposition, in spite of persecution, they boldly believed God's word. Look at verses 13 and 14. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither, excuse me, thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. Let me give you a fourth thing tonight. And I'm so thankful. Boy, this just encourages my heart. 
the, the Thessalonica believers did this. The believers in Berea did this as well. Here's a man who came and he preached to them and he preached to them truth. Most likely they haven't known him very long. They haven't known the Apostle Paul very long. They've probably heard about him, but they haven't known him very long. But in that short amount of time when he's preaching truth and he's preaching truth and he's giving them truth and they're searching steadfastly and they're searching daily and they come to the point they believe. And they come to the point and they say, you know what? This, this is Christ. This is the Messiah. And, and we believe. In that short amount of time, they had grown to love this preacher. The Bible says in verse 13, when the, when the Jews in Thessalonica, those, those rabble-rousers, the ones that were stirring up the trouble, when they heard about what was going on in Berea, they came to stir the pot. And what did the people in verse number 14, what did the Berean believers, again, infant believers, they're going to start a new church, an infant church. What did they do? Let me give you a fourth thing. Not only did the Bereans readily receive God's word, not only did the Bereans steadfastly search God's word, not only did the Bereans boldly believe God's word, but number four, the Bereans passionately protected the preacher of God's word. They passionately protected the preacher of God's word. The Bible says in verse 13 that when they had heard in Thessalonica that Paul preached at Berea, and they knew what he preached, they had heard it, they didn't believe it. And it was, as we said at the beginning, they weren't satisfied with the fact that they didn't believe it, they didn't want anybody else to believe it, they didn't want anybody else to hear it. And so they sent people to stir up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it were to the sea. Now he didn't go to the sea, but they sent him away. The Bereans passionately protected the preacher of God's word. Now let me say this tonight. The preacher is just a man just like everybody else. We know that tonight. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 that the pastor is not to lord over God's inheritance. Right? Now, there are some pastors who do that. But they're not to lord over God's inheritance. But they're to be the shepherd. They're to be the under-shepherd. They're, they're to lead and they're to guide. But boy, it's a good thing when God's family and when a church family, when someone is preaching truth and teaching truth, that they don't allow people in to stir the pot. That's a good thing. I, I mentioned in the text that I sent out on Thanksgiving that I was reminded once again of how thankful I am for our church family. Because we had a situation. Not, we didn't have the situation. We were just there. Just observers. There was a situation in a church that we visited while we were gone. I mean, my kids are, my two boys are looking at me like, what is going on, Daddy. And there should have been some men who stood up and should have done something. And it didn't happen. And, you know, we were just looking at each other. I kind of had a little idea of what was going on because I kind of knew a little bit of the backstory, But I couldn't believe it was happening in a praise service of all places. And I'm just sitting there thinking, 
And I say this with fear and trembling because we're not immune to it either. But I'm saying, Lord, uh, thank you for the people at Maranatha. Thank you for the people at Maranatha. But I'm sitting there and my heart is breaking for the pastor. And I, you know, I'm a visitor and I'm, I'm just looking at Beverly. I'm looking at the kids and I'm like somebody needs to stand up. You're going to have people like that. The Bible calls them people like Diotrephes, people that love the preeminence. But I'm thankful for church families, not just ours, but church families where if the Word of God is being preached and it's being taught and truth is being taught, they don't allow people to come in and stir the pot and stir up trouble. Now again, what we preach, it's okay if people scrutinize it. Because if we're preaching truth, it ought to stand. It should withstand scrutiny, right? It will. It always will. But somebody who's just trying to stir the pot and trying to cause trouble like these people in Acts chapter number 17 from Thessalonica, they had done it in Thessalonica, now they're going to do it in Berea. What did the believers there in Berea do? They protected Paul and they said, Paul, we want you to go. And it wasn't that Paul was running away from persecution. The believers there said, Paul, you have other places to go. You have other things to do. You're on your second missionary journey. You need to go. And they protected the preacher. The Bereans give us a great example tonight regarding studying God's Word. We need to readily receive it. But we can't readily receive it if we're not steadfastly searching it. We have to steadfastly search it. And then when God shows us and reveals to us what His Word says, we need to boldly believe it. Whether it's about, in this passage, I personally believe it's about salvation. They're, they're trying to figure out if these things are so about this man named Jesus, this man that they say died on the cross, this man who they say is the Messiah. They're trying to figure out if these things are so. That's, that's what I believe the passage is referencing. But it could be about many different things. It could be about holy living. And the Bible confronts us about an area in our own lives when it comes to holy living. And boy, we're like, oh. you know, I've, I've always, I've done this all of my life. I, I can't believe the Bible says something about that. Well, it does. I don't know if I want to change that. I've done this all of my life. Well, if the Bible says it, then let's boldly believe it and let's readily receive it. Amen? And that's what the Bereans teach us tonight. They teach us to be students of the Word. Readily receive it, steadfastly search it, and then boldly believe it. Even maybe if we've carried a misconception around for a long time, if the Bible says it, I need to boldly believe it. And I'm going to tell you, we live, in, we live in a day and we've come through a few decades where we haven't boldly believed what the Bible says. We've let the culture dictate to us what we believe instead of letting the Bible dictate to us what we ought to believe. And so God help us tonight. And boy, I, I'm thankful for a church who has a desire to study and to know God's Word, has a desire to pass that on to the kids. It's, all, it's generational, isn't it? It's always generational. Those kids are going to be us in 20, 30, 40 years, right? And we got to have those because us are going to be gone one day. We don't like to think about that, but 
That's true. And they are going to be us one day. And if we want they to be teaching the truth of God's Word, we have to pass that to them. And that's not going to happen if we don't search it, if we don't receive it, and if we don't believe it. Remember in Deuteronomy 6, and I'm done. In Deuteronomy 6, great chapter on teaching children. It's just a great chapter. When thou sit down, when they rise up, you know, when you walk along the way, the, the entirety of the day, we ought to be teaching. But I believe it's in verse 6, and I may be wrong, but in verse 6 or 7, it says, Moses said, look, what I'm getting ready to give you, these statutes and these laws and these commandments, he said, it has to be in your heart first. He said, you're never going to teach it to anybody if it's not in your heart first. You see, being a student of the Word is individual first so that then I can be instructional. I, it has to be individual to me first so that I can give it to someone else. It has to be in my heart first. And I must be like the Bereans. They were more noble than the Thessalonians. And by the way, boy, the Thessalonians were some, they were some believers. But he said they were more noble in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind. And search the Scriptures daily, whether they be so. God, help us to be like that. Amen. Father, thank you for the night. Thank you for your word. Father, help us to be students of it. Please, Lord, help us to be better students of it. Help us to search it more. Help us to receive it more readily. Help us to believe it with boldness. If you've said it, Lord, it doesn't matter the, the opposition, the persecution. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the affliction. Father, if you've said it, we can boldly believe it. Help us to do so. Father, I pray that you'd go with us tonight. Give us safety as we go to our homes Father, just bring us back together on Saturday for those who can come out for soul winning. Then on Sunday, Lord, I pray that you give us a wonderful day in your house, around your word, with your people once again. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.